Welcome Walnut. I'm Lara, but you can call me Laz, your host for Walnut Wednesday. This is your reminder to be brave, be yourself, and know that you can make the world a better place just by what you decide today. Here, I'm going to share my weekly walnutings with you on a Wednesday. Hi, Walnut. It is me, Les, here for another episode of Walnut Wednesday, and I am so excited to welcome back again the beautiful, delicious, sexy, wonderful Rachel White. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Lara. Thank you so, so much for having me. Um, Rach, before we begin, can you just introduce yourself to the Walnuts who have not heard the previous three episodes that you've been on the podcast, please? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Rachel White. I am an author, coach, speaker, and I dive into all the juiciness that is creativity and using your creativity to make your life a work of art and also to get into those uh, all the depth within yourself to really express your true essence in the world um, as well. And I've just published my um second major book but um it's like I think it's like my eighth book overall um tapestry of creation which I'm super excited to to dive in more with you so exciting walnut so Rachel actually was my coach during the saga of writing walnut Wednesday the book as well so um this episode is just going to be we'll talk a little bit about tapestry of creation but Rachel is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to um authorship from start to all the way through the process and the finishing parts and celebrating it as well so I'm really grateful to like to you Rachel for not only being in my in my world but really holding my holding space for me through my journey in my authorship as well and actually like being able to call myself an author now too which I think we did discuss at a couple episodes already (laughs) yeah and I think like that was that whole journey like what a beautiful like artful ripple that like you're now supporting people um or you've supported at least one person that I know um with bringing their book to life so yeah it's so amazing I think writing and publishing books is like such a beautiful thing that we we get to do when we feel drawn to that side of creativity yeah it's amazing and it's like Oh, it's such a journey. I'm, this is a whole different topic, so I'm not going to get into it. But Rachel, let's start sort of at the beginning-ish, at, at the beginning of Tapestry of Creation. So how did this book specifically, and you mentioned as well, it's your second major book. I'd love to know what you mm. mean by major. And let's get into this little little beginning part. Yeah, okay. So I'll try to like really condense it down because I was actually <laughs> making dot points of like all the twists and turns in this book's journey. And um I'm probably gonna record an episode like for my podcast, but it was like it will probably end up being like a two hour episode, but I'll I'll <laughs> condense it down. <laughs> so like the major key point. So when I say my second major book, that was like uh, 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 that was just a word that came into my head in the moment. I'll probably think of like a better way. It's like the second book of like my body of work, my teachings and like the things that kind of my service in the world focuses on. So my first book, Gentle Glory, was from 2019. And that was really a collection of like my work and my focus and my 
study and my personal experiences like up to that point in time and that was um like it was like 30,000 words like it was like my biggest body of work was my first published book and then between then and now I've published like three poetry books a book that was kind of like the history of my nonna um I've done like a whole collection of kids books um I did like a gratitude book um and see like oh and I did affirmations book so I've done like all of them but tapestry of creation is like my second big body of work where it's really diving into like my teachings like really cultivating like my own wisdom and perspective and insights to share and like this book ended up being around like 65,000 words so it was like an even bigger kind of project than that first book and and took a lot more space to come to life as well so with for tapestry of creation I think that like writing books and creating books is just a natural thing like I'm always writing and there's actually like some books that I wrote probably 10 to 20,000 words of that I actually ended up like not putting out there so writing is always a thing that I'm just doing and I've been asked a couple of times like what was the inspiration behind tapestry of creation and I think that like nothing necessarily inspired me to write this book it was just I was writing and turn into a book that I wanted to put out into the world like it just happened it was like a very natural Mm. thing to happen um so in 2021 when I was living away from my hometown where I'm back again in New South Wales I decided that I wanted to start a new podcast um and it is my podcast that I still run now called Depths of Creation and when I started planning out the podcast I wanted it to be dropped in like chapters where I would release like a chapter of 10 to 15 episodes that someone could just like binge and I kind of just like downloaded the whole like template of it like I had I think it was like eight or nine chapters planned like every episode in them like the title of each episode like dot points for it and I looked at it and I thought this is going to be a book um, as well but I wanted to record it as a podcast because I thought oh doing it as a podcast will kind of give me space to just riff on things and like just talk through them and then I can refine it later to be the book so as soon as I started recording the podcast I was like having those episodes transcribed and I'm like oh that's like gonna be the book but then um so like for like the rest of 2021 like I think I released I think two or three um podcast chapters one of them may have been early 2022 um and then the I had all of that planned but everything kind of just got put to the side because I moved back home I had all these other things come up so everything was kind of just like percolating and I was musing on it and it wasn't until kind of like mid last year that I picked it back up and thought okay like it's time to actually write and to actually like put this in the format of the book and I went back to those transcribed notes from the podcast and I was like these are just shit like it's so much effort to go through them because I don't know if anyone's used like word to transcribe things but there was just so much like edit like it it doesn't pick up everything exactly so I'm like I scrapped all of that and I decided just to listen to the podcast and kind of transcribe myself but as I was transcribing I like expanded on things like 
in such a much deeper way. And that was only for like chapters one and two. And then everything else in the book was fresh, even though themes kind of linked in to other podcast um, episodes I had done. So I just started writing and then like chapter four of the book came from this. um, So I was going to like make this program and I wrote everything for it. It was called like Red Codes and it was like 13 Drops of Wisdom, like from the womb. And I wrote everything for this program. It was even going to be a live event, but then that never ended up happening, but I had all the content for it. And when I came to like chapter four, Womb Wisdom in the book, I was like, I've already written this so I just kind of copied that in I definitely expanded on it in a lot more depth for the book but it was like the template was there and then chapter five which is about um like the chakras like the journey a creative idea takes through our body through our chakras um I had all this writing for a master class I ran like the art of living and like a, a big basis for that chapter was taken from my notes for that but again remodeled a lot for that specific chapter so then yeah I kind of like borrowed that like wrote chapter one to three flowed really easily and then the last three chapters so like six seven and eight I had I knew like what the topics were and what the themes were but I was kind of sitting with it for months and months and I was thinking like I don't know because my goal was always to have all my writing finished by December last year and I was even thinking like I don't know how I'm going to finish this but then at the end of last year I was in Melbourne for like the couple of weeks um, or maybe like a week or two before Christmas and then I was like traveling Um, if for anyone knowing Australia that doesn't know the places I'm talking about that's okay but like (laughs) Melbourne's like a six-hour drive from where I am in Mordura and then I was traveling to work like my mum was in hospital like there was a lot going on yeah and it was like suddenly I somehow found this pocket of time where I wrote like the last like 12 to 15,000 words and it was like the whole book was done by the end of December um and it that that last part just came together so effortlessly and someone I had reading the book actually said to me like she like had pretty much no notes for like the last three chapters she was like wow like this just feels like it just flowed out so smoothly and I was like it literally did like Mm -hmm. right in the timing I wanted it to um so yeah so that's a little I know I've been talking for a little bit so that's like a little insight into how the writing came together and so the book was going to be called Depths of Creation but somewhere in the middle of somewhere in like middle to late 2022 I was like I actually want to give it its own name and I've Mm -hmm. always loved the word tapestry and as I kept writing like there's many I use a lot of like pop culture references like song references like there's a lot of reference to a lot of different things like even like studies that have been done stories from my life stories from other people's lives um and I was like it is such like a tapestry of like all these different things kind of coming together so that's when I renamed it to Tapestry of Creation, which which I really love. Um, so yeah, and the the cover of the book is a whole other story. Like that took so long to come together. Oh my um, god, Rachel! Sorry to interrupt, but the cover is a vibe. When you dropped that cover yeah. reveal, I nearly like pooped my pants because it was like, holy shit, this is like fucking beautiful. <laughs> honestly Walnut like go and snoop Rachel socials like right now the the cover of this book 
I cannot wait to like have my my copies on the way right now, Walnut, but I cannot wait to like have this in my house, like just as an art on its own with, you know, like it's, it's beautiful, beautiful anyway, as you were. (laughs) Yes, that was such a journey. I won't go into that because it was like, it was just really difficult. Like, like usually for all my, sorry, I said I won't go into it. I'll say one (laughs) little thing. (laughs) Usually for like, so every other book I've ever created and even all my clients that I've helped with like design and concept design for their covers, like I've always received instantly such a, like a strong vision that it's like, mm-hmm. I know what it looks like. Now I just need to create it. And maybe there's little tweaks here and there. But for this book, there wasn't a visual coming through. And I was like, why isn't there a visual coming through? Like, I want to have the cover done because I love having the cover done early because I feel like it just makes it feel more real. So it was like a, it was like a path of patience to like be like, and trust that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But I did get to a point where I was like, oh, do I just reach out to some like graphic designer? Like, and I actually did reach out to one person just to inquire about like what their Mm. process and investment and stuff was. And then it was actually literally that night after they responded with their details that I did um, like what the cover pretty much looks like now. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I don't, I don't need them anymore. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, did that just even just the act of being like, oh, I'm going to go out like outsource that might've just like triggered the, the download like immediately maybe, almost. Yeah. Maybe. And I think it was, yeah. Like, cause it was, pretty much right after I did the new cover and I had depths of creation on it. I was like, no, like that's not right. It needs to be tapestry. Um, so yeah, so it was probably about what month are we in Feb? Like definitely over 18 months, like in the making. It was a lot of, but a lot of that time wasn't writing. It was like spacious breaks to percolate and um, contemplate things. Yeah, and I feel that con- contemplativeness. What is that word? Um, you know, as a as a reader of it, in the in the parts of it that I have already read, where even like how you already alluded to the examples and stuff, there is that there is a really deep substance to this book. I feel that mm-hmm. it like I immediately was like, oh my god, I know a friend who I'm going to buy this for, so I bought two copies <laughs> because like it's just got this. Um, it's a, it's a whole body of being on its on its own already you know not just not just someone's creation not just like like a painting on a wall it's got this depth to it which is um kind of ironic that it was going to be called depths of creation and it's you know got all this it's it's a really like literally a masterpiece Rachel I like you should be so proud I'm so excited to like have my copy (laughs) yeah I'm so excited for you to get your copy too you've got I think you've got all my books so yeah almost all of them not bar the children's ones I think (laughs) I'm almost like a serial collector now for some some of your books (laughs) so Rachel, can you just speak to, I, I know we have, I have a lot of walnuts in the audience who, um, you know, they feel in their butt that they, they want to write a book. And I, I know we've already spoken to like, you know, people who, who are aspiring to be authors, but can you tell me the point of view for you being like this far down the line, like eight books under your belt, how it feels in that moment to know that this is something that's going to happen. Because I feel like for me, it was like, 
I've I kind of always just knew that I would have a book and I have like another book that you know this is a between us Walnut and Rachel um I have another one up my butt somewhere it's coming it's in progress there are words um but yeah if you could just speak to a little bit of like was is there a moment where you're like this is going to be this is going to be another work of art this is going to be another book this is going to be another thing definitely so for like all my little books like my poetry books affirmations book and those kind of things they came they all came together very quickly like Mm. weeks my newest one which I haven't actually (laughs) released yet but it is released um I literally wrote it and published it in three days um and it was on like Valentine's Day like a couple weeks ago so like things like that because I just love writing and making books like it if it feels like fun and exciting I'm like I'm cool of course I'm going to make it a book and I think it's easy now that I know how to self-publish it's like yeah I can just upload it and it's there for my books that are like you know the two major bodies of work that I talked about my first book in this book I think it's really about like I think everyone has a story to share and I think there is so much power in owning your story and there's like there's two Mm. parts to it because there's the internal process you go through writing your story and sharing your insights and it's it's about like you know it's the legacy you're leaving in the world like you're writing a book that's becoming like a permanent mark in history there's you know those big elements but it's also such a personal experience of reflecting and being able to look back at your life and also being able to look at what you stand for now and writing about those things. And there's so many different ways that you can write, like you can write poems, you can write like in a very academic way, you can write a fictional book that kind of hits the themes of your life or you can write memoir, whatever style and genre you want. But it's about really, like really owning your story and being the one that gets to tell your story and putting it in print that it's like it's important for me to own this and to tell it the way I want to. And then uh, the other part is like putting a piece of art into the world. And for me, like just the medium of a book feels good and exciting. Like you're, you can tell your story in so many different ways. Um, like it could be through a painting. It could be through... um literally anything but I think for me like books just hold such I don't it's like once something is in print like physically in print like it is it just I feel like it has such like you know it's a permanent mark in history it's like it's yeah it's like timeless it's yeah and Mm. it will be you know written and told that way forever um, and I think it's just ex- like for me it's really exciting to yeah. hold the book like to see like I literally have the book here like to see all <gasps> these words printed like in a book like that I like it's crazy to think I was thinking about this the other day looking at my bookshelf that like some books people will like write for years and years and then it's like all that work culminates in this one little book mm-hmm. um, and yeah so has this answered your question Yes, I can't even remember what my question was. I'm just loving it. I feel like it's just so beautiful. Um, Rachel, do you want to speak to um the like obviously tapestry of creation is all the little threads that 
that are about creating something and being your authentic self and like you said legacy building and all that kind of stuff um it's your bread and butter let's talk about creation and what it means to you and I mean, I know that there are people in the world who literally don't actually think that they're creative just because they're not good at dancing mm. or drawing or whatever, but it's, got again, the depth, it goes so much deeper than that as a yeah. skill set or something. Yeah, I think the literally the first line of the book or, like, in the first sentence of the introduction is, like, you are creative because you exist. And I say that like many times throughout the book, like you are born, like your creative energy is your life force energy. So for as long as you are breathing, you are creative. You have the pulse of life and creation flowing through you and life wants to create and procreate. And we see this at a physical level, like children being creative, like that is creation itself wanting to perpetuate through humans. So we we are we as a collective are creating new people all the time, but we're also creating every day. Like we create with our thoughts alone. Like we can create an emotional experience with our thoughts alone. We can create like a ripple effect through the world with like one decision. So you're already creative and you're already creating. But then the question is like, what do you want to create? Mm. What do you want your art to be reflective of? And your art is always reflective of like who you are choosing to be in the world right now. So when it comes to skills and talents, like dancing, painting, writing, whatever, your creativity can certainly be infused into all of those things. Um, One, like you don't need to be good at everything that, feels good to create you can create just for the pure play fun and joy of it but also like every skill is buildable like if you want to be a writer just start writing that's definitely what I did like I don't think I can say I was trained in writing in any way but you can also bring your creativity into anything that you're doing like if you're an accountant a lawyer a doctor a um masseuse uh like literally anything like Mm. even like a cleaner a cook a whatever like your creativity isn't is about like how you show up to do things to do things um and you know like I write in the book that the way you wash your dishes on like a random Tuesday night can be just as an artful experience as the best-selling book that you write and Mm. sometimes it can seem like as if like those two things are comparable but when we really look at the overarching storyline of, of the collective, but also the storyline of our life, it's like every moment of our creativity is so powerful because it all like leads and threads in to other parts of our life. Yeah. Beautiful. And how, Rachel, do you um, implement your creativeness into your into your everyday life? Like, do you have an example? Mm. Aside from the Tuesday night dishes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that like in every moment, my creativity is infused into my life. Like the way that I have my desk set up right now, like I literally printed, I printed a new um, picture because I had this frame lying around and I just, it's like, there's like this Italian saying that I really love, like Dolce Fernandez, it's like the sweetness of doing nothing. And mm. I just printed it on like a like a black and white page and put it in the frame. Like 
that's just creating art for me to look at. The way I set up my altar, the pictures and the paintings I choose to hang on my wall, how I prepare my food, how I eat my food, how I play like with my niece and nephew, like all of those moments are full of creative energy. Mm. Um, And, you know, sometimes our creative energy just gets to play and like be, you know, it's just like for the moment. But then sometimes we also get to pour it into things. Like we're both using our creative energy right now to speak. We're creating words like with our mouth, you know, the way we're sitting and our posture, the way we dressed this morning, like all of that can be really full of our creative energy. And sometimes like if for anyone listening, thinking all of those moments I've just explained feel like dull and colorless to them. It's like what's missing is your enthusiastic participation in them and like your perspective that they are artful moments that you get to like you are the color um Mm -hmm. you color into those moments I love that and so what what about if you are feeling like um a, a lull you know like you're you know so there's not okay what am I trying to say every day we're not always like on fire and feeling like the light bright love of life there are days where it is hard to express yourself um you do kind of feel a little bit lower on the scale of joy um what would you suggest to a walnut who's like I kind of like feel like I lost my sparkle for a second there yeah I think if it if it is just a second like if it's just a day an hour like a, a relatively short amount of time um embrace the low embrace the void like it's in the void that beauty and lightness is born so it's like that's a part of being human and like there's a full chapter about this in the book the depths of being human how our all of the full spectrum of our emotions and human experience is all part of our story and all part of the life of our work so not all moments need to feel high vibe like high energy um you know like the the saying I just said like Dolce Veneti is like the sweetness of just doing nothing like can you actually relax in that can you sink into that feeling instead of trying to fight against it and when we have when we let ourselves be in the void and be in the darkness or just be in the nothingness in those moments it is actually fuel for our creativity and, you know, beautiful insights and art are always going to be born from those moments. If, mm. on the other hand, it is more a prolonged state, so it's like it's not just a day or a week, maybe it's months and months or years and years where you feel that low, like if you feel like it's the majority of your life for a long period of time, the dullness, the inertia, like it's like your creativity, your creative fire is still like burning within you and it's like it it wants it's waiting for that opportunity to like crack through the fog of dullness and inertia so it's like entice yourself to feel something like get angry get sad get happy and excited like whatever emotion feels closest to the surface for you like let yourself feel it like start feeling life again Mm. Um, and that helps you crack through and you know there's there's also situations where maybe you need support um you know that there's yeah. a whole thing that can that we can talk about there but it's like can you let yourself feel again and like mm. letting the feeling of life into your body can help you 
kind of like feel alive in your life again now and sometimes that takes anger um usually anger or sadness will help crack through um but like what feels at the surface for you I think that's yeah that's a really beautiful analogy like I can kind of like picture it cracking through the the void as well yeah. like I can really picture like your light saying. shines through and then yeah life is full of color again Exactly. And even even if it is a, a color that is like passionate, like anger, you know, like it still is giving it a, a spark. It's just a, it's just not the spark that we like associate happy, good positivity with, you know, like, yeah, yeah. interesting. I love that. And I was also it's our mind getting in the way, like telling us mm-hmm. what we're experiencing is bad or wrong. Like if we just let it be what it is yeah. and not didn't take ourselves too seriously then something would naturally spring forward for us to move forward with. Absolutely. And I was thinking when you were speaking like um, well-known sort of artists that sell actual, you know, paintings back in the day was like, I can't think of a name at present. Um, I want to say all the generic ones, but I know that that might not be quite true. So I'm I'm not going to get myself factually incorrect, but um, uh, artists, um used to live in like total complete like squalor and have really be really really um like poor and have lives that were really not luxurious and not extravagant at all and yet these masterpieces were completely created and some of them even living in this in this way didn't even make a cent until after they died so it's just that like the importance of expression of creating your art because it could actually and not it's not that it could it will become a legacy of some form when it's outside of you and brought to life right yeah and yeah so it is so interesting like so there's like a whole chapter that talks about creative tempo and there's Mm. a section within that that talks about like being ahead of your time and, you know, there's two stories, like I talk about, I talk about Vincent Van Gogh and Hedy Lamar, who had like, who was so creative and had beautiful creations, but like their legacies were, were not celebrated or honoured or even recognised and they didn't make money from their art, like while they were actually alive. And like, this is where like, you know, we don't really need to get too caught up in the impact our art is going to have, the amount of money it's going to make, the amount of recognition it's going to have. It could definitely, it could, like our art could definitely sell for millions after we're gone. Like that's a possibility. <laughs> but we also don't need to put like that kind of pressure on what we create. Like create for yourself first and foremost is yeah. another thing I say in the book. And it's like your, and also like touching on something you said before as well around like, you know, artists, throughout history like didn't live lavishly while they were alive and it's like there's kind of this stereotype of like the starving artist Mm -hmm. um and it's like you know that's a big part of why I think a lot of kids are really deterred away from their artistic talent and into you know careers and jobs um or more security it's like the collective fear is kind of pushing that narrative that you can't make money from your art but I think that like one like our art can be in any profession and in any job um in and also in any like business or anything we want to do on our own and in every way that 
in in every moment we live our life but also like we don't need to make money from the things that we enjoy doing creatively and doing things that we just enjoy for the sake of doing them like adds more life to our lives um even if we're doing them like in addition to working and parenting and and all the other things that we're already doing Mm. I love that thank you so much for elaborating on on that part Rachel um what else have you got on your heart before we kind of wrap up that you feel like you need to tell a walnut about Mm. yeah good question I think like just like coming back to some things we've already said around like you are creative because you exist like that's just a fact and what would happen if you just choose to believe that even for a day a week a month like can you let that be liberating enough to start letting yourself create in the way that you feel drawn to and really reconnecting with that creative impulse within you and trusting that like your creative impulse is always leading you to amazing things and there may be fear there may be um jealousy judgment comparison like all of those things interwoven in it but can you just like pull on the thread of your creative impulse and see where it leads you and really embrace like the entire story of your life like is the story you're living right now is the way you're living your story right now the way that you want to live your life and if it's not your creative impulse is what is leading you into a higher frequency script of the story that you are living yeah beautiful thank you so much um so we're if if the walnuts listening are like i just want to listen to this podcast i want to um follow this girl i want to be a serial um collector's item person like les and buy Mm. all your books where is the best place for um the walnuts listening to to find you so on Instagram at by Rachel White, everyone can find me there and the link in my bio that will take you to my website to purchase the book, to the podcast, to all, all the places. So that's the best place. Amazing. And Walnut, I will link everything in the show notes for you as well. Um, token question that you've answered four times, Rachel White, can you please let us know um, – as you are today and in this eighth book along creative amazing masterpiece of a woman um what does being a walnut mean to you so I've actually prepared an answer this time I think for like the last three times I gave such like an off-the-cuff answer that was probably the same thing every time but can I give a little backstory for like one minute? yeah please go ahead so in the book Tapestry of Creation, every chapter starts with a little sacred symbolism, like a poetic exploration of something in nature, where whether it's the moon and animal, mostly animals, and and the moon, um, and Saturn is another one. Um, so I thought I'll write a little thing about a walnut exploring the sacred symbolism it's only like it's much shorter than my than what these look like in the book but can I read you what I wrote I go um yeah please I'm like okay 
Okay, wall gods. Nature is always showing us the way to divinity, the story of a walnut. Walnuts are part of a long legacy, with their first tree being traced back to 7000 BC. With their formidable shell, they have stood the test of time. This shell resembles a human head and when cracked open reveals the bumpy texture of a human brain. Even the wrinkles and folds are similar to our neocortex. Nature having fun with her art to make it to make it the simple truth that walnuts enhance the health of our brain. Just like you, walnuts are complex and cannot easily be put in a box with labels. While technically considered a tree nut, botanically walnuts are classed as fruit. Another name for walnuts is genus juglans, derived from the Lat derived from Latin to mean Jupiter's nuts, the nuts fit for a god. So what does it mean to be a walnut? It means to be nourishment for the art of our world, to connect others to their own divine essence through nourishing them with your art and with your art that can take any form. My God. I stumbled on a few words there. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I'm like literally crying. I love being a genus John Lange. <laughs> what is it called? Oh, Thank you. So I'm like actually crying. Oh, that was so beautiful, Rachel. I'm gonna have to get a a copy of that and and put it in the yeah. show notes as well. That was the most beautiful thing. Thank you. That I thank you so much for going to the trouble to think so deeply about being a walnut. Um, I thought I had beautiful. to because my other <laughs> answers were like, um, what does it mean? <laughs> Oh, so, so amazing. So, Walnut, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a little screenshot and share and tag me at Walnut Wednesday and tag Rachel at by Rachel White. Um, let us know what you think. Um, obviously, go check out Rachel's page and her new book. It's honestly stunning. If you're watching on the YouTubes, you will have seen like the little snip when Rachel's holding it before, but otherwise just have a little, oh, God, it's gorgeous. Bloody hell. Um, otherwise, jump on the socials and take a look because that cover is honestly outstanding. And um, Rachel, for the fourth time, thank you so much for your time and for being here on Walnut Wednesday, the podcast. And on a personal note, I just bloody love you and appreciate your time for just being in my life anyway. But thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone who's listening. Have a happy Walnut Wednesday and I will talk to you next week. Bye.